Hey, y'all. I'm Erin Haynes, the host of The Amendment, a brand new weekly podcast on gender, politics, and power brought to you by the 19th News and Wonder Media Network. You've probably heard the news that this election year, our democracy is at stake. On The Amendment, I'm breaking down what that actually means, specifically for the marginalized folks who depend on our democracy the most. This is a show that dives past the headlines and gets clear on the unfinished work of our democracy. Listen to The Amendment now, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, it's me, Amara Jones. Welcome to the Trans Slash Podcast, a show where we tell trans stories to save trans lives. Well, October is LGBTQ History Month. It's a month-long celebration of our history, hence the name, that's celebrated in the United States and around the world. But so often history can seem something that's removed. It's black and white. It's a grainy picture from the past. It seems like something that's not tangible. So this year, we wanted to talk to someone who is living history, who can make all of that so real for each of us. And the answer to this question, when we kept coming back to it over and over, of who to talk to, is the one and only Miss Major. Miss Major has lived an incredible life. She's fought so many battles for herself and our entire community. And we are so excited to be able to have a conversation with her about her life, all that our community has faced, what it is facing now and in the future, and why she is calling on each of us to fight now more than ever. Always, always reach down and help your sister get on level ground. Because the ground is level down there where we're all fighting for it. But before we get to this incredible conversation with the incomparable Miss Major about her life of courageous activism and our community's continued struggle to survive and thrive, let's start out as always with some trans joy. Many people have written about key moments of trans history, from the Compton's cafeteria riot to Stonewall. But it's not often that we get to hear about the past from the people who were at the front lines. Miss Major Speaks, Conversations with the Black Trans Revolutionary, is a memoir created in collaboration with journalist Toshio Marinick. Toshio has written about critical LGBTQ issues for outlets like The Advocate and Al Jazeera. But while working with Miss Major on the memoir, they didn't just get to document a legendary figure in the history of trans liberation. They also got to know the person behind the legend. Here's Toshio to tell us more. Major has like this special sort of empathy that so many people recognize when they meet her. And She's also got this ability to make you feel like you're the only person in the room. And I hope that I was able to put that on the page as much as possible, that feeling of having this 
being who has been through so much, seen so much, has so much wisdom and experience and is really like a therapist for a lot of the people in her life. Toshio Marinik, you are trans joy. I'm absolutely honored to be joined by the one, the only, the world-renowned Miss Major. Miss Major has been a fearless leader for over 50 years. As a former sex worker, survivor of Bellevue Hospital, and veteran of the Stonewall Riots, she has truly been at the front lines of the struggle for trans rights. Her fierce commitment and intersectional approach to justice led her to care directly for people with HIV AIDS in New York City in the early 1980s, and later to drive San Francisco's first mobile needle exchange. Ms. Major is an undoubted icon in uplifting trans women of color, especially those who have survived incarceration and police brutality. She served as the original executive director of the TGI Justice Project and later founded the House of Gigi, a family gathering and historical center for trans and gender nonconforming leaders in Little Rock, Arkansas. Ms. Major's lifetime of courageous advocacy was the subject of the 2015 documentary, Major. And I'm personally thrilled to read her book, Ms. Major Speaks, co-written with journalist Toshio Marinik, who you heard from at the beginning of the program, which is out now. Ms. Major, it is an honor to be speaking with you today. Truly. Thank you so much for joining us. Sure enough, honey. So, Ms. Major, you have lived a long and meaningful life. And one of the things I'm curious about is what, when you look back, has surprised you most about your life? What's the thing that stood out as the unexpected for you? Having my first child, that was definitely unexpected. Mm. <laughs> and uh, it threw me for a loop, but it was such a joy, such a pleasure. I couldn't believe I had it. And now I have a second child. Oh, wow. And he's two and a half years old. Yeah. You've been a mother to so many people in our community throughout your life, literally countless numbers of people. Mm. Does it feel different to have two birth children? Has it brought out something in you that you didn't know was there? Or it feels just like you've done this before in other ways. And so you just, it's just like riding a bicycle. I would say it's just like riding a bicycle because Hmm. if they take the time and think about it and want to call you mother, who am I to say no? You know, it touches me here because that's something that you only have one of and you believe in that person and they believe in you. And so I would never deny a girl that. One of the things that your life has stood for is demanding respect for who we say we are, not letting the world define us. And you've lived that regardless and and have lived it in all of the ways. And so it would seem to me that while many people are surprised by the backlash moment that we're living in, the targeting of our community, that for you in your life, it doesn't come as a surprise. 
because you've always understood the way that the world tries to shape who we are yes. and have always decided not to let that define us. So it would seem that you're not actually surprised by this moment. No, at all. Because it just comes around again. If you don't study history, you're bound to repeat it. And so they're repeating this. And we're not going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, we've accomplished too much to let go of it. And I'm not budging. I refuse to go. So <laughs> take me away. <laughs> yeah, because one of the things that you said, speaking of, of history in this moment and n us not understanding history, I mean, you've been very vocal about the way in which there's been erasure of Black trans and Black queer people in Stonewall, in the fight for what eventually became gay rights and how that erasure you know, is something that continues to impact our community. How the people who started it got pushed out and mm. didn't benefit from the movement they started. Yeah. They don't benefit from it because they're intent upon changing it, you know, making it the way it was. And the way it was is not going to be like that anymore, despite whatever they do. Because you can kill a person, you can't kill an idea. Hmm. One of the things that you said in an interview with your book co-author is that, quote, for my girls, it's as if Stonewall never happened because it didn't change anything for us, close quote. So can you just talk about what you meant when you said that Stonewall didn't happen really because it didn't change anything for for the girls, for, for Black trans women for and for... For us, yeah, for us. You know, it didn't change a goddamn thing because the motherfuckers in it believed that it was white children that started this shit. It was, you know, the gay, that's in, they did it. Transgender people were put aside, you know, because they had a meeting when they were coming with that LGBTQ shit. Well, we're third or fourth in that this. We should be first. We started this shit, but no, no acknowledgement of that. No reason for, oh, it's true. You know, now all of a sudden, some people are paying attention to it. Well, that's good. Two out of ten. <laughs> that's, they didn't kiss my ass. <laughs> Which is why you, you didn't go to the opening of the Stonewall Monument. No, I'm not going. No, I wouldn't go. You're right. I'm wondering if... One of the things that pisses you off, <laughs> that makes you really angry, is the fact that for so many years, Black trans women were being murdered, continue to be murdered at record rates. Like, that hasn't changed. And people ignored it. Like, people didn't think that our lives matter. And so now we're at a point where, you know, everyone is scrambling in the face of these bills and these attacks but I'm wondering if you think that if people had just paid attention to the fact that Black trans women were being murdered and figured out a way to to respond to that in a way that uplifted our humanity and protected us, that we wouldn't have gotten to this moment. Well, we wouldn't have gotten here at all because President Trump got it started. And they just all of a sudden feel that they have the right to step in and tell us how to live our lives. Well, they haven't. 
they have lived our lives. They don't know what it's like. They don't get up in the morning and have a, a issue with their gender. They don't even know what gender is, you know? Mm-hmm. So fuck them. They have no fucking decision. And the nerdy motherfuckers come along and say, oh, well, you're going to do this my way and shoot us. Well, guess what? I'd rather be shot. Yeah. And yes, they should have taken the time in the beginning when this shit got started. But they didn't. And now it's just, uh, they're just running amok. How did you draw courage in your life to keep going despite the attacks? Like, what what gave you courage? I think a lot of people listening need to hear how you gain courage in really, you know, unimaginable times in your life. I appreciate the little things, Hmm. like walking in the grass in the summer with my shoes off, (laughs) enjoying a rose or a flower, you know, that kind of thing grounds you. It makes you feel a part of the earth and the whole. You know, when you go out, there are days you go out and you're just at end with everything. Mm-hmm. But some days when you go out, step outside, you're a part of everything. Mm-hmm. And I mean everything, every living thing that's here. And so if you're aware of that, and enjoy that. Take a moment to absorb it. Just take it in. Make it you. And then you you will weather whatever comes along your way because you don't have no time for it. I mean, who were they anyway? Shit. The motherfuckers tell them to fuck off and back up 10 feet, <laughs> get a breath and start again. <laughs> Right, because what you're saying is that, like, when you realize that you're actually connected to everything and have a place in the world, people trying to tell you that you don't matter, like, yes. that doesn't that doesn't impact you because you just know yeah. deep inside of yourself the exact opposite. Yes. And who better to do that than transgender people? No one. Not a soul. They don't get it. And that's too bad. I mean, in so many ways throughout your life, as I think about it, like you were like a living embodiment of the future, like what, and like still are a future of freedom, a future where we get to define ourselves and to be respected for who we are, a future without the limits around gender and race. Like your life in in many ways was, is an embodiment of the future that we still haven't gotten to yet, but you live that. I've gotten it. Yeah. But Everybody will come along eventually because hmm. they can't stop this. It's too important and it means too much to too many people. You know, there are people in, that are suited up and all this shit, but they believe like we do. And they're afraid to break the mold, as they say, and come out. Well, fine, you built a woman at home and you're a man at work. Good enough, but stop the murder. You know, give us a chance to show you if you just leave us alone, we can exist and don't pay you no attention. No, none. None at all. (laughs) None. (laughs) One of the things that you've done publicly 
for the girls, and one of the things that you've done consistently privately is to warn us of people trying to divide our community. Because as you've consistently reminded us, no one has gotten anywhere by themselves. You said this, even if you are elevated or even if you get an award or people recognize you, the bottom line is that the only way that you still got there and will stay there is because of the work of of other people. And you keep warning us about that. And I'm just wondering if you can share that, because as you know, one of the ways that our society works right now is in terms of like getting people to think of themselves as an individual and then rewarding them for being an individual that separates themselves from other people. But can you just tell us about the importance of community? Uh, Well, how can you exist and call yourself a trans person if you're not a part of the community? That doesn't make any sense to me. And you have to understand that when you do this kind of work or anything, you're a part of the community and a part of the whole. All of us work toward whatever goal it is. And if it's one goal, then that's it. And that's just that I feel we work towards. Because we just want to be left alone, to live our lives, to be prosperous or fail, go up, go down, leave us alone. Because there's enough pressure being transgendered, being in touch with our feelings, who we are, what we are, to not have to put up with, got to watch out for this person. This other person may hurt you, you know. They want you to stop breathing. Guess what? I'm breathing, Charles. Not only did my mother give it to me, I'm continuing on. She's dead, breath her soul, but guess what? I'm not going to stop breathing because they said I should. No, that's not happening. I plan to live a long life. What made you decide to write a book now or and to tell your story in this way? Because one of the things that I have learned is that you don't necessarily like talking about the past in certain ways and looking back and dwelling on things that happened. You know, you kind of move forward. But in this, you know, you do talk about Stonewall. I'm not going to ask you about it because people can read the book. But I'm just wondering what made you decide at this point, because this seems to be like something that you you don't normally feel like doing. The book started because Toshio, in his motherfucking way, started <laughs> to do this stuff. And he was, was recording different conversations that we had through the years. So mm. for years he was uh, my personal assistant. And uh, he since left because he wanted to pursue his writing. And he decided that the first book he would do was of him and I, well, blew me out the water. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's nice that he did, you know, and I'm very proud of the book. What do you think, I mean, you even acknowledge this, that like on some level in our community, we've made progress because you said we're not budging from the things that we've gained. And then at the same time, you acknowledge that fundamentally for most of our community, the reality hasn't changed in terms of the discrimination, the violence, the mm-hmm. lack of housing, all of the things that plague us. 
Yeah. And so I'm wondering like how you navigate that tension where there's some things that have changed and that's kind of cool, but then there are a whole lot of things that haven't fundamentally changed as, at the same time. Well, you know, you can work on a thing that haven't changed. You know, I mm. try to tell every girl that I meet that your situation, you can't find housing, but you can find another girl that can't find housing. Move in together. That secures housing. Get some stuff behind you when you go on. And then you can step out from there and leave her there. You know, there are different ways that you can work this society and get what you want. And if you, can, <laughs> if you don't, well, fine, you don't. But don't give up your belief in yourself. Because, you know, you can be home. I can be homeless again. It's no big deal. But if I was homeless, I would start from the bottom and top my way back up. You know, it's it's a very difficult situation, but you can overcome it. We've got to because who else can do it? Nobody but us. Not so can do it, but us. Mm-hmm. What do you think of things like, you know, the fact that Michaela J is the first trans person to be awarded a Golden Globe and the fact that there's now like a trans person who is in the Biden administration, Dr. Rachel Levine, you know, the fact that you have trans people elected to office like Maury Turner in Oklahoma. When you look at those things, what what do you think? I think right on, you know. We got one in there. Well, when they get in there, they open the door for another one. And that's how we accomplish stuff. We have to get in there and open the door and another one comes through. Always, always reach down and help your sister get on level ground. Because the ground isn't level down there where we're all fighting for it. But we don't have to fight each other. You know, we don't have to fight and knock this thing or this thing here or she don't she don't speak to me. Well, you don't have to put up with that. Stop fighting amongst ourselves and help each other up, you know? Because without that, all of us stay at the bottom. But you can't get to the top. I did it. Other people have done it. You know, that's what this place is that I have now. It's a a place where you can go to and simply relax. Not go somewhere and spend, oh, 9 o'clock, I can get up for class, and this happened, and that happened. And then three days are gone, and you're exhausted from going to an event. You know, no, you can go come here and just throw your heels off and go for it. Swim, get the jacuzzi, and relax. You know, that's what we need, a place to let the steam off and do something else. Pull your thoughts together. Sort out who you are, what you are, why you're doing this, what you're doing it for. And then go back and give them hell. Make the motherfuckers. 
You know, I, 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 I really appreciate that. Like so many answers, you're like, do this and then keep fighting. Don't give up. Because I think a part of it is that a lot of the people who attack our community really do believe that we're soft, that we're going to go away, that we're going to cower in fear, that we're going to not be ourselves because they attack us. And I don't know where they... I don't know where it comes from. I don't know what books they've read. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm like, what what have you read? Do you know anything about who we are? Let me consult a crystal ball. I'm just, I mean, I don't, I don't know where they get it from. Yeah. Where do they get it from? I mean, you live in Arkansas and like, they think that you're going to go away. And then like, there you are still, you know, protesting in front of the state Capitol. (laughs) (laughs) What are dreams that you have for our community? Uh, You have a young trans person, someone that wants to be trans and they are trans, and their parents give them the kind of blockers that they need for growing up so that they can be a part of the world as a whole and not be no pressure on them to decide, what well, you're going to do this or that, or, you know, let them decide what they want to be, how they want to be it, what they want to be when they do do this thing, you know. I want to see a world where we decide ourselves where we're going, not we're pushed in a certain direction. And no one kill us. You know, so many girls have died along the way that um, I have known personally, you know, and it's just sad, you know. So I want to erase that and start fresh and new and have a future because we don't have one now. You know, we can make one, but we don't. It's not given to us. And it should be given to us, you know. Mm-hmm. Like everybody, like her, right? Yeah, Everybody. Every living, breathing soul should have that. Someone to support and believe in them alone. You know, and we don't have that. But my girls have it because I believe in them. And it, sometimes I'm be all they have, but God damn it, I believe in them. And I'm here for them. They need me, I'll go. Lastly, you know, we're going into this political season and we just spoke about the future that you hope to see for all of us. But there's now an entire political party that's dedicated to, as they would say it, our erasure and eradication, like Mm -hmm. not wanting to have trans people. And there are going to be people like Ron DeSantis and Trump who just factually or anti-trans like that. It's not even, it's, it's not even speculation. They are anti-trans. So as we gear up for all of this, I'm wondering what's the advice to like deal with what's, what's coming from that political party, this presidential season. Be prepared to fight. (laughs) 
I don't care what child fight, fight, fight. Because they're going to wash over this whole United States as if it's their land and there's the ocean and it's wipe it clean. Well, guess what? They're not going to wipe it clean. No matter what you do, there's going to be one or two people that stand up and say, whew, God, I'm still here. <laughs> I'm still <laughs> what I am. Fuck them. <laughs> I hope to be one of them, <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, Miss Major, thank you so much for taking the time um, to join us and for this delightful and poignant and educational conversation and just the way that you continue to lead and continue to vision for us where we need to go as a community. I'm just so grateful because, as I know so many people listening will feel that we are because you were and are and just thank you so much i do quite well honey that was the legendary miss major thank you for joining me on the Translash podcast now listen all the way through to the end of the show for something extra if you like what you heard please go to apple podcast to rate and review us you can also listen to Translash wherever you get your podcast. Check us out on the web at translash.org to sign up for our weekly newsletter. Follow us on Twitter, or should I now be saying X or the X Factor? I don't know. And Instagram at Translash Media. Like us on Facebook and tell your friends. The Translash podcast is produced by Translash Media. The Translash team includes Oliver Ash Klein and Arby Calloway. Sandra Adams is a contributing producer to the show, and our sound engineer, Brennan Beckwith is our social media producer. Digital strategy is handled by Daniela Capistrano. The music you heard was composed by Ben Draghi and also courtesy of CCK Records. The Translash podcast is made possible by the support of foundations and listeners like you. So... This week, what am I looking forward to? Well, the weekend of not being drenched and drowned in biblical storms, so we hope. Uh, But that's the weekend. Uh, It'll be a dry weekend, the first in a couple weeks. But secondly, I'm really looking forward to next week. I am going to San Francisco for the Spark Awards, which is an award ceremony for the Transgender Law Center. I will be there in the audience as a board member, but it'll just be fun to be in community and see everyone at this really important event. You know, get gearing up for next year. Uh, we all have to be circling around each other, so it'll be good to see everyone for that and to be in San Francisco, which hopefully will be dry. <laughs>